Hello. Hey, I think it worked this time. Yay, now it did. I think we were both logged in as the same person, and that doesn't work. That's so weird. I'm in my closet again, and I have coffee in my hand. Because you're exhausted? Well, I did put crew down to sleep, my little guy to sleep, and I fell asleep and set my timer for 20 minutes. And then I said, I gotta wake up, so... Remember when we used to do that all the time? We would plan to do something and then we fall asleep. Oh like my gosh. Night, we would yeah, lay down. Just completely fall asleep and lay yeah. down. Yeah. But yes, I went to the Chiefs game last night and it was awesome. It was so good and so cold, but it was so awesome. It yeah, was- it looked freezing, but like to be there would have been like the coolest thing. So it was cool. I think too, when you know you're going to be cold, you just mentally prepared yes but I had those like hot like those hot like I had them all over my pockets in my feet or in my shoes and in my gloves so well and I was watching it and the announcers kept talking about like how the crowd the stadium was like as loud as they'd ever heard it so I'm sure just like the massive amount of body heat kept everybody warm we, we were all really close. That's for yeah. sure. Yes. <laughs> what? How was your week? It was really good. I celebrated um, my birthday with some friends. Yay. So yeah, it was a good. It was a good weekend. And then Lydia drove home and brought me flowers. Aww, and that's so sweet. Um, had had dinner with her and Collins one night, and then yesterday, um, Casey and Rose joined us, and we all had lunch, and so. It was a long weekend of just feeling very special, and that was awesome. So, ah, that's so awesome. And I didn't get yeah. to see you, so I know. I'll give you a hug another yeah. day. We have we have a dinner date coming up soon. I think we in do. February I think it's next Tuesday. Ooh, so and a hair appointment. I know, which your girl needs. So, <laughs> oh yeah, my weave is hanging loose. That's my- for sure. <laughs> But yours will get fixed a lot quicker than mine. Well, that's for sure. Okay. What do you want to chat about tonight? So tonight we are talking about um, your your break. I don't know really what to call it. Your um, moment of stepping away from literally all social media. Um, and how that's impacting your faith and your relationships and your mindset. And I'm just really interested to hear because I think, I don't know, like, I feel like this might be the second or third time that you've been like really intentional about doing this. And so what have you learned and what is like hard about it, if anything? Um, what do you love about yeah, it? So I think, at, well, the last couple of years I've tried to be like, more disciplined in certain areas and looking at um, spots in my life that I want to see growth or areas in my life that maybe is holding me back from growing or doing things that I love. And I, over the last couple of years, I did a few like little, I don't know, 40 day challenges or detoxes or however you want to say it. So like mm-hmm. one was no shopping for the year and then one was no sugar And then I also did uh, the no sugar thing started with this uh, 40 day sugar fast and it wasn't at all about diet or uh, weight loss or 
just even your image. It was more of just realizing the things that we cling to. And in those moments, if we choose to cling to the Lord, uh, we're just way more satisfied. So it kind of just opens your eyes more to like, are you eating because you're hungry or are you eating because you're bored or stressed? So that's how that started. But then there is a social media fast uh, book by Wendy Speak, I think is her name. It's like S-P-E-A-K-E. And she did the sugar fast as well. But I just did media fast. And I think the first time I did it was really hard. And I'll never forget. Um, there was a time I was at the shampoo bowl at work and someone said, Oh, Tiffany's like, you went somewhere or did something. And I had no idea. And I was like, what? And my first thought was, how in the world does she know what one of my best friends is doing? And I have no idea. And it was yeah. the beginning of realizing how detached you are relationally from people if you don't mm-hmm. invest and you're not intentional. And also just you do, you kind of, feel, uh, honestly, it's, if I start scrolling and look at Christmas pictures from, um, that someone posted or I'm looking at um, birthday parties or whatever, whatever celebration or what vacation someone took, I realized I wouldn't even call the person, mm-hmm. but yet looking yes. at their photos, it was almost like it replaced the conversation. And I just saw how their vacation was, but really I interpreted it in my mind and assumed a certain vacation, like it was for them without even asking them. And it, I realized it became this like habit of like, I'm not even intentionally asking people, how was your Christmas? How was your vacation? How was your birthday? I would just get updated through pictures or videos or a post. And then that fulfilled that little gap of connecting with someone. So, I mean, in the beginning, it was really, really hard more for like FOMO of like missing out. Uh, Then I realized how much time it consumed me. And, um, I think for this year, I, my husband has told me so many times, he's like, I don't, you think you were so much more happier when you were off social media? And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I was for a while, I was off social media, eating healthy, working out, being good with my spiritual discipline. So of course I was a better person. Cause I was like killing in all those areas Yeah, and, and I wasn't shopping last mm-hmm. year. And mm-hmm. so I'm thinking, do you think social media and so I just was thinking to myself, I, I get overwhelmed by my house not being picked up or clean. I get overwhelmed by the laundry. I get overwhelmed by just staying busy. And I thought, man, I bet you this could really eliminate that problem easily if I take all of my social media off of my phone. So I still have access to it. I have not gone on, logged in, or checked messages for my personal, for my business, or for the ministry at all, just completely stepped away. And it's super, super like, what is the word? Um, Peaceful. Like my, my mind's in a healthy place. I have more time to do things. I'm getting things done. I'm focusing on goals. I'm focusing on things that I could do to be productive, to, uh, just finish tasks. And I've learned to really enjoy not knowing what everyone's doing. That is so cool. I, I like the first thing that you started talking about was, um, how you 
like we depend on it so much to know what's going on with each other Mm -hmm. rather than really reaching out and investing in each other's lives, which is really hard to do, I think, as a mom. And so you get Mm -hmm. lazy and you do look at like social media or, you know, whatever too. But we also have to remember like that's as much as we might try not to make it curated, like it's a very superficial window into people's actual Mm -hmm. lives. And I found this thing earlier and I wanted to read it to you while we were doing this podcast and get your reaction on it because I feel like it fits totally. I wonder if I can. And I was trying to look through my journal and I didn't have enough time because I wanted to go back to see some of my my thoughts. Some of your posts. Yes. So this... um, this person I actually follow on social media. And I always think it's funny, like when somebody posts something like this, because like, I'm only going to see it if I'm on social media, but it says, you don't have to show the world everything in order to be authentic. It's okay to keep parts of your life sacred. In fact, it's necessary. Most quote unquote leaders that you see on social media are showing you a carefully crafted performance of their life and work as an attempt to control how they're being seen. Somewhere Mm -hmm. down the line, that performance becomes a compulsive obsession. The lines between personal and public become blurred and everything becomes content worthy, losing touch with the sacred nature of their life and work. With their phone glued in their hand, they capture everything from private moments with friends and clients to personal moments and ritual, everything becomes content as an attempt to validate and prove who they are. Nothing is sacred anymore, and the impact that this has on the individual is devastating. They begin to lose sight of their potency and who they who they are, all in exchange for a seemingly picture-perfect image and brand. I just thought that was really powerful, and I could so relate to that because I feel like that's kind of where my mind went when I owned a business that was like so social media heavy. Like you start to think of, oh, what else could I post? And what else could I show them? Like what else makes me like more relevant? And then it's Mm -hmm. like before long, your whole life is on there and nothing is private anymore. And it's so weird. You know, I think I feel so bad for people that are in the spotlight because you you take a certain picture, you wear a certain thing, you like a certain post. Oh my goodness. And without anyone asking why, mm-hmm. they just cancel you out. Mm-hmm. Like they don't even know. I mean, I just think especially in like the Christian industry, religion industry altogether or anything leadership, it's like they see you do something that is against this uh, culture or this society or this group and without even hearing an explanation or asking or anything, it's like, they just assume this is how it is. And I remember like just the black lives matter or the blue stripes for the police officer. Like I was like, I feel torn. It's like, if I don't post it, it's like I'm against this whole, um, so much pressure. Yeah. Yes. But then if I post it, then it's like these people view it differently. And it's just that pressure is so crazy. And it is, it's weird because, you know, and it is interesting to follow people and then eventually start seeing 
them go, oh, I can actually make a living off of this, or I'm actually yeah. really good at this. And then all of a sudden, they're, what you like to follow just becomes ads, or you start seeing them being promoting other companies, and which is all good, but it's, it is, it's like, it's even unfair, like when I, like it's unfair for just individuals. So like if I post something and I thought about it, about, you know, the content or the verbiage or the video or the song that went with my reel, all this stuff. And I really thought like, man, this is going to be meaningful. It's like I'm cheating myself because people can still view me any way they want. It's like, they're only, even if you explain it, even if you're post or it's a video, people still take it and run with it any way they want. And it, I just want to say authentic, like you're still giving something to the world for them to perceive it any way that they want to. And um, I think the most authentic part in a way is when you are at the place and you're posting because you're being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm in a healthy place and I'm posting, I'm like, man, like I know someone's going to judge me. That's me being authentic. Maybe not how they perceive it is even how it was intended, but me yeah. taking that brave step of just putting myself out there, you know, allows me to be more authentic to myself. But I remember, I know I've shared this with you or even a post a while ago. Like if you go back, um, I don't, I have so many platforms at this point with businesses on my account, um, ones that I started failed or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it's, um, it's when I first decided to do that challenge. I think it had been two years ago, maybe, but my, I did like a peace sign up in the sky and I was at Margaritaville with my daughter and her friend. And I just decided, okay, I was reading that book and I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna step away. And five minutes after I did that post, I like saw Harper and her friend and I was like, Oh, I got to take a picture. And then I thought, wait, I'm not posting it. Why take a picture? And this whole battle of I'm posting it. I mean, I'm taking it to capture the moment. So even like what you said, like it is so important to take, to keep parts of you private and not Mm -hmm. that it's a part that you're uh, ashamed of, or you're embarrassed. of, You're, you're trying to keep secret. Like it is so important to keep those parts special to you because there is something to be said about just really knowing like moments and what God's teaching you and what you're walking through and um, how different, different journeys of my life affect me. And so that was a really weird challenge. And like back in the day, we just took pictures. Like, yeah, we never posted it. Yeah. So it is a really weird um, mental game that it goes in, but it caused me to write letters last year or whenever I did it two years ago, mm-hmm. uh, check in on people, send cards, send a text and say, Hey, how are you? I'm off social media. I haven't, you know, heard from you in forever. Just check. Mm-hmm. And it's refreshing that way too. I think. I'm sure that it makes you, um, it forces you to be like extra intentional with your relationships because like we said, so many people just depend on it to keep in touch or to know what's going on or whatever. So That's super cool. That's super cool that you are willing to take that time and that energy um, to invest in, you know, the important relationships in your life in that way. So, but I also think like, I don't even know if you, if you feel this way, but like in, in a lot of ways, like having the um, confidence and the willpower to step away from it, if even just for a season 
is almost like you're taking your power back because like I was reading mm-hmm. another article today where it talks about like all of these apps are specifically designed by like very smart people to addict us to them like to yeah. draw us in and keep them keep us on it and they design these algorithms and I know this is like yeah. so totally different topic but like you're basically saying I am taking my time back from you. Yes. Uh-huh. And you don't get to control what I think, what I do. And they were the article was more or less about like how it's so bad for for our youth and their brains and their emotional and social like development. But even for us, like it's not like Joey's saying, like, don't you think you were happier when you weren't? Like it's better for mm-hmm. us to to limit our time. Well, it's so much content we consume. I mean, heck, you get on, you get on any of those at this point, they're all on it. Like TikTok's on Pinterest, Pinterest is on Instagram. I mean, it's all now blended. And it's like, I, I like get on it to find a recipe. And then I'm like, oh, I like that outfit. Oh, oh, I haven't seen her in forever or, I mean, it's just, it's just, and then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, I was looking for a recipe and now I've wasted 20 minutes, you know, and now I'm stressed. But also I think it's crazy how severe, I don't think until you choose to step away, you realize how they, they make it so easy to stay connected, quote unquote, because Uh I'll get a message. Hey, uh, your volleyball, your daughter's volleyball team has a Facebook group, log in and stay connected with new moms. And I'm like, well, I don't have it. Yeah. And I'm like, so there it goes. Or, hey, well, why why weren't you guys at the birthday party? We invited you. I'm like, invited me? And it's like, oh, Facebook invite. I'm like, I don't check those. You know, and this is even when I had it. I was bad at checking it. But, I mean, all of it. And it's like, it even, I noticed not shopping all year because I would get on. You weren't and seeing I would all just, the ads. Yes. I wouldn't see people wearing stuff or or giving me a tour of their home or DIY this and all of that. And it really, it is crazy how much it fills our mind. And my goodness, like I need so much free space in my mind because I get anxious easily. I get crabby really quick. I'm short tempered. Mm -hmm. I'm passive aggressive. Um, I'm jealous. I feel like I miss out on things. And so all of that almost just triggers it. And when you talked about being intentional with friendships, I think I, it also can make you feel lonely. because you're taking yourself away from a community and you realize how little people reach out to you. Yeah. So when I have this really nice, I mean, I don't know what is the latest phone. I, is it 14 or something? The pro great. I have a great phone. Right. And I took every app except for email off of it. And then YouTube, because I like watching messages and music videos. Um, And I have Netflix on there, but I don't really watch anything, but it's like, I pick it up out of habit and there's nothing to do on it. And then I'm like, wait, yeah. no one's called me. I haven't had a friend text me in days and yeah. it literally, the enemy can sneak in and make you feel so unworthy and unloved. And then you're like, I'm just going to get back on it to feel like I fit in again or to feel like mm-hmm. I'm wanted or part of it. And that, that, that's so shallow. There's no depth to that. And so I've learned honestly who like my core friends are. 
Mm-hmm. And it is not a long list, but it's, it's how in the world would I be able to connect to all of those people? If I connected to all of them off of social media, it's nearly impossible. And so guys really to see like, what is friendship and what is, uh, what is it that I need in this moment for being a friend or what are those close friends that I have need from me in this moment? So it does, it takes you on a roller coaster and they they make you think you can't survive without it like I will sometimes be like oh my gosh I don't know what to wear what's in style I don't even know I should go shopping because I haven't (laughs) been on it you know or it's like I'm afraid my kids are going to miss out on activities in town because I'm not on it or I feel like any events or ideas that I plan I'm going to be out of the loop or even hair it's like someone's like oh like um are you going to do the, do, like, have you noticed the mushroom cuts in style? I'm like, do you know how many hairstylists now have like these online courses and blogs? Like they're making up different names for all the things. And it's not like that is the it haircut. And no, I've never heard of the mushroom cut. It sounds awful, but you know, like it's just, that's what I was going to ask you. So like, much content out there. How, what advice do you have? Like, how are you managing um, owning a business and like, you know, cutting back on social media or even like, you know, um, building a ministry and not being on there. Like, what are your, what are your thoughts? Well, it, it, it is weird. So I will say as a business, I've been established for a while. So, um, word of mouth is always good. So I'm booked up. So I'm being able, I'm able to pay my bills. So I'm not in a startup session, but so you're not trying to build it. Is what you're is what you're saying, right? Like correct. Like I'm not. It's not like I have uh, tons of empty spots in my appointment right. book, and I'm looking for clients. So I'm in a health. I'm in an easy. That's easy, you know, in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but with she and that kind of stuff, it's weird because myself, man, if someone's interested in like hire me to come do this event or to come speak to these girls. I haven't updated my personal Instagram and that's what people look at. Right. So in my mind, I'm like, well, I'm not, they don't even know where I'm at. Like they don't really know me. They don't know me, you know, for the last, I don't know, it's been 30 days. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. You feel like that's a portfolio and it's almost like you have to add to it to, to give yourself a status or to create an image or to help someone have an idea of like who you are and that you're like who they want. And so even with she, I don't know. I felt like the Lord has challenged me. He still put this huge passion on my heart for girls in the community to really just love on them and to share Christ with them and to meet them where they're at. And it's almost like he's taking me backwards and doing things so opposite. So it's like all I, I see something really big happening and I have these visions and dreams in my mind and my heart but yet how he's about leading me to it is so stinking weird like I am just we're throwing an event in a couple weeks and I'm not gonna post it on social media because part of me the Lord was like be intentional and be authentic and be real and hand those cards out and girl will want to come more if she was handed an invitation to something more than if she scrolled and saw this really cool image post. And if she doesn't know anyone or anything about it, that's pretty scary to step into. 
But if it's word of mouth or someone invited me, I'm going to feel that connection, that contact and be like, oh, someone sought me out. Someone asked me. Now I want to step in this space and see what it's about. So I also just know like, man, if God's going to do something and if I'm going to let him work, like the coolest thing is when what you think is impossible is only possible with him. So doing yes. something counter culture. Love that. And mm-hmm. just the opposite of it all is strange and weird. And you know, it, I mean, yeah, I can market the heck out of it and create stuff and content. But um, I also know that my God can do all those big things without any of it. And so I'm just taking those steps as crazy as it is. And, and, then I love, some... and I love media. So like, it's actually hard for me. It's like hard. if I didn't do hair, I would love to be a marketing. Like I'd love to be a mm-hmm. marketer. Like I would love to create ads and commercials. I'd love to do videography. I'd love to take photos. Like I love that. So it's not even the temptation. It's not even the time that it's taken away. It's like something I actually enjoy and love doing and choosing to say no, because God's clearly told me to take a break and to like have more of him and less of me. So just, and his will and his direction and you know, God doesn't scream all the time. Sometimes it's a whisper. And so if I have my mind so clogged up just with stuff, even good stuff, even like worship music, books, podcasts, if I fill my mind with so much content, I cannot hear him. So I'm just choosing to say no and creating space for that quiet and for that, um, just to be able to hear him, honestly. And I think in some ways, although it's not your intent, but like just not having it all over social media makes it a little bit more exclusive in my mind. Like if somebody wants to know about it, then they need to get a card and they need to have Mm -hmm. that information handed to them. And it just makes it like a super cool, um, more intimate event and um I think that's that's just so like you said anti-culture right now but I love Mm -hmm. it yeah and it's just I mean I I mean you just feel like you're missing out on so much and it's like so much because of how often things are posted like you know what's so crazy going back to like literally them limiting and making you feel like you have to have it. So when I first Mm -hmm. did this, I was like, it was scary deleting it off my phone because a lot of it's memories and photos. But then what's so unfair is they make you glued to your phone. So like you cannot do any stories on Instagram unless you use your phone. Yeah. So even if I'm like, I'm going to get on my laptop, which I've given myself freedom. So it's not like I'm completely... I mean, it's not like I've signed off for the whole year. Like I've made it difficult. Like if I choose to get on it, it's not going to be easy. I have to log in and it's not as fun to scroll on your MacBook as it is on your phone. Um, get out of my warm bed to go get my computer. And that was right. one thing too that made me think is it's like, how many of us ruin the start of our day by something we open? Right. Like you lay in bed, you either open any of those, any apps, it can be email, Snapchat, 
Facebook, Instagram, it could be any of those. It could be the reels, like, um, and if you weren't invited to a party or if you've been envious of this outfit you want or clothes or materialistic things or, or, you know, you and your husband are struggling and yet you saw a post of your friend and her husband, I mean, all these things or an email from work or a client or, you know, um, anything, anything that can cause friction, like it literally can ruin your day. Like you can Mm -hmm. wake up, open up that device. And it takes a second for the wrong thing at the wrong time for you to consume. And then it sets the tone of the day. But if I had to get up out of my bed to go to my desk and log in, check my email, check my apps, like none of us would really do it because we're all lazy. And so just knowing I have control, like you said, of my time, but also what I decide to feed myself um, is huge. So it's not easy. I, there's so many times I'm tempted because I'm curious and I'm nosy and mm-hmm. feel lonely, you know, but, um, honestly, when I remind myself how much better I feel when I keep thinking about like, like the after, like the outcome or what tomorrow will bring, like, then it's worth it. But I have to keep my mind focused forward. Well, so what I about think- you? Cause you went from having to be on it to create a, to get a paycheck to not not do that. Yeah. I feel like, um, I actually have thought a lot about being off of it because for the gray, I was on it every day, multiple times a day. You're on it when you get new product in, you're on it to rebrand and re-merchandise products. You're on it to communicate with your wholesalers. You're on it to communicate with your customers. Like, I just felt like I had to be on it every single day and there really wasn't, maybe it was me not setting healthy boundaries, but there really wasn't a time when I didn't feel like, um, somebody had access to me. Somebody had access to my time. And if I, and I was in such a mindset of building that business that I also felt like I couldn't not be available. Like Mm -hmm. I needed, I needed the next purchase. I needed the next like new hot thing to be in my store. So I was always looking for it and focused on it and really excusing that behavior because I thought, well, I have, I have to build this or, you know, I can't, I can't grow. I can't, you know, make an income that I need. So the freedom that I feel now, and I'm not saying any of that is bad or wrong. Um, just for me, I, it wasn't healthy. Mm-hmm. It wasn't um, a good place for me to be. And then, like you said, you start getting into the comparison game, mm-hmm. which if you are not emotionally healthy and secure, that can eat you alive, especially in business, because yeah. you are looking at the other shop, the other you know, um, startup and they're, they look like they're doing all of these sales or all of these things and, and you're not, and it's just constant, um, just beating yourself up almost. And I, and I saw girls do it. Um, and I, it just was not, it wasn't a good thing at all. So there really needs to be like, 
a way for, you know, anybody who's using it for any sort of like livelihood to, to pay their bills, like you have to set boundaries and you have to be strong enough to do that. Cause if you are not, um, it will, it will be detrimental sadly. So I feel so much more relieved, um, to not, just be in that game anymore. Like it just was sucking the life out of me in a lot of ways. And so, um, I, I'm very thankful for the opportunity like that I had with my shop, but I did not, that wasn't, that wasn't a piece of it that I loved as much as I love. Cause a lot of people ask me when I first opened, why don't you just do like an online store? I wanted the customer interaction. I wanted the person to person. Mm -hmm. I wanted to build the relationship. So that's what I truly enjoyed way more than the social media. And, you know, now in the counseling field, I mean, it's, it's very well known that it's not, it's not a tool that increases your mental health. So it's okay to not be on it. It's okay to, to step away from it. And it's okay to like, take breaks and all of that. And it just feels like a way better place Mm -hmm. for me personally than the retail world of trying to build something from nothing. So, well, and I think too, you're never enough. Like you'll never be enough. Yeah. Like you cannot, I mean, the minute you think you posted like the best post for whatever, whatever category you're in, like there's a better post to be made. Like you didn't reach enough audiences. This is, you know, you didn't get the right demographic mm-hmm. or this wasn't catchy enough or you didn't get enough like interaction. Like you're, it just, it's this ongoing game and you're never, you can never quit as a business owner or, mm-hmm. and if you're in charge of an organization, if there's a purpose for that, it's this, it's just this hamster wheel. You, you just, and once, so you never can like turn it off and be like, I did it today. Like your mind doesn't stop. And it's also a double-edged sword because the reason like any business owner even gets on social media, puts, puts their business on there or whatever is to connect with your customers. But what it became for me at the end was I had way fewer customer customers interacting and viewing my stuff than other shop owners. Yeah. And so it becomes like a, it comes like a total competition. Mm -hmm. What is she doing today? What is she posting? What, what does she have? And it, it got to the point where like, it just was hard to even know who to trust or who's friend, like in real life relationships, like who's actually my friend versus who's just watching me to see what I'm doing, to see how they can, it just was so not healthy. <laughs> it is. And honestly, I don't think it's healthy to be fully off of it. So Joey's had some discussions and asked me a couple of things of, you know, why and how and all those things. And I, I don't think anything is good to yeah. cut it out. So it's not yeah. like, and that's what I said. I have the freedom to get on it on my laptop, but that's just a lot of work. And I haven't been to a place where I want to go yet, but it, the whole point of any kind of break, any kind of fast is to create boundaries. And so for me, it's like, what does it look like when I get back to that space? How, how can I be in control of it still without it controlling me? And how can I 
be a light in this dark world? How can I impact others with it not stealing my joy, with it not taking Mm -hmm. life and light out of my life? And so, you know, um, it's just trying to figure that out. So I'm not, I'm not here to say it's bad. I'm not, I mean, and there's some people, they have no issue with it, but I think, right. I think everyone has an issue of time with it and it might Mm -hmm. not be Instagram, but you have another issue with candy crush or Amazon or, um, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's all these Poshmark or Facebook or even emails. Like if you're someone that can't stand seeing anything unread, you're consumed by checking your email all the time, any kind of notification. So it's just learning to create healthy boundaries, but it's also right now for me to step away, give myself space, really analyze how I feel, what it's doing to me, what I desire, um, challenging me and also to lean on the Lord whenever I do get in like a, a low lump, um, mm-hmm. a low spot, you know? So. Well, and there's a song we sing in church about, um, I will Are make you space sing it? for you. No, I'm not going to sing it, <laughs> but Just you know, kidding. I will make space yes. for you. Like, I yep. feel like that's, that's really, I mean, you can, you have to replace it with something else. And I think, you know, yes. taking time off of social media and replacing it with time in the Lord is an act of worship and saying, I'm going to make space mm-hmm. for you to show up in my life and to speak into my heart and to guide me in this, you know, dream that I have or whatever. And I, that's incredibly inspirational. So absolutely. Proud and you. I think, well, thank you. But I think too, you do have to be careful because you say no to one thing, you say yes to another. So mm-hmm. it, it, like, what am I feeling that time with, you know, and you know, what's interesting too, like girls younger than us that are not um, using any of the social media platforms for business it's interesting to see the shift of different things, you know, of having, um, you know, a, what did they call it? I sound so old because I should know this. When they had two names, like two accounts. Oh, a Finsta and an Insta. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So it's like that whole thing. And then honestly, you get on some girls and it's like they have five photos. Mm-hmm. Like they don't have a lot. Yeah. For me, it's like a photo album. But you see all the people that they follow. So they're not really on it to post. They're on it to consume. Yes. They're on it to consume. And um, I think it's just really important to figure out like who you can, who you are consuming and who you're following because that does impact your mind and your heart um, and your soul. We just did this whole training for like two weeks at school with high schoolers on digital safety and uh, other stuff. But I would say 98% of high schoolers told us they were introduced to social media too young, Mm -hmm. that they had a phone too young, Mm -hmm. like the dangers that exist. And I don't mean to like scare parents. That is not anything that I would want to do, but the dangers that exist that our kids have the potential of being exposed to, like there just needs to be way more safety measures and way more supervision and way less time on devices. And I, if, if I was at Osage for no other reason than to hear that this year, 
then I'm so glad I heard that for the sake of my daughter, because Mm -hmm. I could easily fall into that trap as a parent too. Well, everybody else's kid has a phone. Everybody else's kid is on Snapchat. Mm. Oh yeah. I just had that conversation. Harper's like, mom, when can I have TikTok? I'm like, you're not going to have it. And by the time you can have it, TikTok won't be a thing. It won't be a thing. But it is, it's like, and what's really scary is two things. It grosses me out. It actually makes me gag. Not really, but I want to throw up in my mouth because mm-hmm. when I see these cute girls just posing with their butt out in their bikinis or holding their shit up over their butts or like on mm-hmm. like just holding their bikini. And I say bikinis because we live at the lake. So yeah, there's swimsuits all the time, but like they need to think to themselves, there is a grandpa looking at my photo. Yeah. Like there, is there really old, is, there really is like, yes, you had creepers on Instagram, like comment on your pictures and you were like trying to sell a t-shirt, like mm-hmm. a baggy t-shirt. You're probably wearing baggy jeans. Like you weren't showing skin, but like these girls need to realize they're like, they're your friend's dad could be looking at your disgusting. Like you have no idea the eyes that are on your photos and what it does to the people that are consuming your photos. And um, I just, and a lot of it, you might not even really think about it. Like my daughter will do some really good moves. And I'm like, man, I wish my body could move like that. And then I say, mm-hmm. don't move your body like that because you look like you are having sex. And she yeah. looks at me <laughs> with her mouth. I'm like, I'm sorry. And she's like, yes, there's movement in sex. Your body moves like that. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, I need to have way more conversations with her because guess what? She's going to hear about all this stuff from that device before she hears it from me. And she needs to hear all of this from me. And I think parents are dumb and I think parents, it's awkward. It's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether we're talking about sex, whether we're talking about how you dress, whether we talk about language or drugs or alcohol, um, just confidence, like anything in any of that, like, they're, they're already consuming it. Like right now, like they were just Harper and her friend were just dancing and singing to, I totally sound old. Cause I don't even know what this is, but it was something about cuffing, like cuffing season or cuffing. I don't know. Hmm. And I was like, I don't know what that is either. It was we're just so- this like dance and it was a cute dance. Yeah. Totally fine. And I'm like, what does that mean? And they kept saying it. It was like a catchy thing. Mm-hmm. And I like Googled it on a dictionary and I'll probably mess this up. So go ahead, look on it and see how awful I am at, at actually, hold on. I'm going to look it up right now because I literally was like, what in the world? Okay. So cuffing season refers to a period of time where single people begin looking for short-term partnerships to pass the colder months of the year. Cuffing oh. season usually belong, begins in October and lasts until after Valentine's Day. So I am like, what in the world? Yeah, so it's a song called Big Boys. It's cuffing season. All the girls need to be getting needing a big, I don't know. Anyway. That's so weird. It's cuffing season full song, and it's on TikTok. And I'm like, Harper, so when you're saying this and you're doing that move, you're basically saying it's cold outside. It's October or it's not October. It's almost February. And I just want to have sex with you just for a little bit, mm-hmm. just a little bit. And she like, <laughs> Short term. Me. I'm like, this <laughs> is what you're singing. And I like die inside. Cause I'm like, I, 
like didn't like you're in fifth grade but this stuff is just thrown at you you're not looking for it it's just yeah. in front of you and you're it's a catchy beat it's a catchy move exactly they and make you're it naive so yeah. but you're seeing these so make sure you know what you're singing you know and yeah I just um I don't know I just know like this world is going so fast and we just consume so much and I don't want her in her head saying cuffing season all night going to bed. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. But there's no way like parents can act like they have control of their kids devices. I'm sorry to tell you, there is still not anything out there that can help you really control your child's device. There's not. I would agree with you. I would. Agree I don't. With you. I don't think there's anything out there yet that. So it's so important to have the relationships and to have the conversations. So and that sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's good for them yeah. to come across things yeah. because you're able to jump on that before they can actually understand it. Like you can have. Like I get to have those conversations with her. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so also yeah. the games. Like as a side note, we were talking in one of those classes about like some of the comments that people make to each other on social media and one of the boys said if you think that's bad you should hear how people talk to each other in call of duty and i was like that's a whole nother world like we don't even know about because we don't play yeah i know no so well i have a son but he does not into that yet but yeah it is and it's it is and no matter how you like you always want to see who likes it in comments. That's not old. Yeah. You know, you can yeah. say you don't care, but you do. And then if you own a business, it matters because you're trying to see how many people you're reaching to figure yes. out how to sell more. So it all, it's just a crazy cycle. But so far, all in all, I'm doing good. I kind of like not knowing what people are up to. Um, and I'm not consumed about capturing moments. So being in the moment which is so good so well awesome I'm so thankful that um you know we're doing this again and we have these conversations and we can share all of these thoughts with whoever listens and you just um continue to inspire me and um I I'm excited to just kind of see your journey so well Well, thanks I'm excited we'll keep trying to do this once a week to encourage me, yes, and then you can post it, and I'm going to tell okay. any listeners, if they have any topics or um, yes. comments, please send Tiff a DM on Instagram, because Tiff's on it, and she can relay all of it to me, and yeah, I'm just excited to see where it goes, and just to spend some time with authentic and real conversation with you, because I think you you are a great example of being authentic and being real about your posts what you say who you follow i mean you're you're a good example of who you follow because you always have really good insight and thoughts from different people that you know is on your feed and that says a lot too so i think that's awesome well thank you i appreciate that i always felt like i had a really good handle on it until probably the last year or so of my business and then i it really did get the better of me but i'm back to a healthier space now and that's that's been really good for me so and i think so a good thanks, reminder girl. is even if you're consuming good stuff like yes. sit in silence open up the bible totally journal read don't let someone on a screen teach Have you more words out of the bible yeah, yeah. like yeah. Yeah. And a friend, call a friend, set a timer. Yes. We get busy. <laughs> Remind yourself. It sounds so bad, but 
you true know, though sometimes it's, true. it's hard for us so okie dokie well love ya okay love you see you next week bye. okay bye hello 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 how are you i am up to my eyeballs in homework (laughs) i don't know how you do it i actually the other day i got home and i was like oh my gosh is it ever possible to be caught up on just like stuff at home and then i thought of you and some other people that i'm like there's people that are moms that work and they are in school sorry. what oh. oh sorry sorry no harper just walked in as i'm in oh. my closet what do you mean <laughs> it's live on the podcast it's like why are you on the podcast? okay anyways i'm here um okay. anyways i was just thinking how are people doing the mom stuff and then working and then household stuff and then taking classes i have no idea how you do it um i do not recommend this is <laughs> this has been my hardest semester because um we added one more class so i can graduate in may and be done done so okay. it's just it's it's four classes and you know it's a lot so but i will be done in may and all I can say is I will appreciate having my life back. So, Oh, my goodness. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And it's like not only do you have to study, but, like, you have to, like, comprehend it and get a good grade. Yeah. Well, you know, and the positive thing is I have, I have passed, like, all of my big exams. So now it's just really completing the coursework. And doing all of the paperwork for like licensure and stuff like that, but I, I will get it done. And there's light at the end of the tunnel. I keep telling myself, not that I haven't had a few emotional breakdowns along the way this semester. No, I just, I let myself have those and (laughs) I pat myself on the back and give myself a pep talk and get back to it. So, but we all have it we all have stuff, you know? So, yeah. Are they hard classes or like, or is it just on, they are. Okay. Cause I don't know if it was just like on top of everything else, it's just a lot or if they're actually hard classes. Yeah. They're, they're hard classes. Um, some of my hardest classes, it's a lot, it's a lot of writing and reading and time consuming. Really, when I just want to watch TV, I have to do homework. So. Oh, man. For no, sure. it's good, though. I'm reading some really good books. So maybe after we talk about Jesus Re- Revolution, and she um, will move into some, you know, books and stuff that we're reading. But for yeah. now, we're talking about those other things. Yeah. So. so what were your thoughts? We went to the movie, was it Friday night? Yes. So I, yeah, I was really looking forward to seeing that movie. And, um, like I said, I have just from probably my very er early years of like just being a young mom and, you know, um, early in my faith, I started following Greg Laurie and I just always liked his teaching style. I thought he was funny. And so I've just naturally followed that story a little bit, um, And 
it was really, really neat for me to see their relationship with his wife kind of play out. I, I didn't really know the backstory like that. So that was cool. Um, I had heard him tell his story about his, his alcoholic mother and um, absent father and, you know, that he was, he used drugs. And so I had heard that story a little bit, but I was really just in, inspired by seeing their story play out. Mm-hmm. And also mm-hmm. um, there was one particular scene. I don't know how you felt about this one, but it was where he was, he was kind of observing this, this movement start and he was fearful to join in. And he said something to her, to Kathy, what if it's just another high? Like, what if it's just mm-hmm. another high that lets me down? And mm-hmm. I think that's the criticism, you know, that believers get or Christians get sometimes is like, it's just, it's, it's your drug, you know, quote unquote drug. It's, it's something that you need, but it's, you know, I think the the message of the movie is that it's way more than that. Yeah. And I remember like the moment they were that is it Lonnie yeah Lonnie brought his friends in and they were invading his house and they all had like the guitars and they were in the living room and he like sat there and it was like so out of his like comfort zone and just so foreign you know like these people living a certain life being younger than him like oh yeah his house Mm -hmm. and he just sat there and at first you could tell like there was walls up and he was skeptical like of them as like a society of a group of people and slowly he just kind of like let that wall down and saw them as people and worshiping Jesus and I thought that was a really cool moment yeah like that's more kind of genuine when you were talking about that yes seekers yeah. than like the people who were sitting in church, church. So, yeah so yeah I I thought it was a really great movie I would like to go see it again because I feel like the second time I see it like I'm probably going to notice pieces of it that I didn't notice the first time so maybe I'll go see it one more time yeah and I think I agree I you know just seeing the way that they had the older people in church very like turned off and almost like fearful of this the hippies and like the way they did life and the way they dressed and and honestly, I feel like that's what I see today in um, older people looking down on younger people and labeling, like, I don't remember growing up ever knowing what generation I was. And the and fact that we very labeled, true, yeah. I don't, like, growing up, like, I we never did that before. That we label them and we use the word generation. And I think there's so much that has shifted from our, my, like our parents age to our kids and we're in the middle of it and I'm still figuring it out. And I feel so disconnected from younger kids today, let alone how my parents feel compared to younger kids. But instead of engaging it, instead of having conversations, instead of asking questions or getting to know like where they're at, in life and going through this, we just keep this thick wall up and call them generations or they're lazy or Mm -hmm. just all these titles. And a lot of it's because we're unfamiliar with them. And it's, 
we're still figuring out a lot of it because a lot of it is the social world and connecting with devices, but we're not engaging them. We're just labeling them. And I feel like when I was sitting there, I thought, man, that's exactly what it's like today. Yeah. Like they're very judged. Yes. Very judged. And they Um, very well may be the generation that, you know, leads us all back to where we need to be, you know, who mm -hmm. knows? Yeah. I mean, they're the ones that walked in with their Bibles and were like eager to like be with Jesus and be in a space where you're learning. And sadly, it kind of church sometimes becomes just part of your week and you go and you might enjoy it, but it's, there's no eagerness. It's just already carved in and becomes Mm -hmm. a habit with more of, uh, not so much heart led. It's just actions led. And even though like for me, there's times I'll go to church and I go to church cause I, it does help my week. I do like being with fellow believers, but it's an automatic schedule. It's a convenient thing. Cause it's been so like part of my life, my whole life. But you know, when you see them show up, they're like eager to learn. They're not looking at the time they're in the moment, they're intentional. Right. And it was a heart check for me to be like, man, am I, do I, do I have that sense of energy on Sunday mornings, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and even just when he washed their feet walking in, oh, yeah. just the humbleness mm-hmm. of, you know, I like, also think yeah, because... I don't. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to explain that scene, like the, um, the more religious, like church goer people were upset about the carpet getting dirty. So mm-hmm. he met the hippies at the door and washed their feet. And I thought that was really a really powerful scene. And he mentioned they were the congregation that I forgot how he said it, but they're the ones that didn't tithe. They were the non. Um, oh, yeah. Contributing yeah. members. And, you know, it, it's really important to not get caught up in that side of church either. I think the one of the most powerful moments for me, and it kind of took me by surprise, like I was like, oh my gosh, what's happening, was when the guy in the wheelchair like rushed in and wanted to be healed. And I thought to myself, man, that's just like that story where the group of friends were trying to bring their friend to meet Jesus and there was no way to get into the house. Yes. And they're like, just went to the roof to get close to Jesus. And I thought, my goodness, church is the last place right now, sadly. And I don't say this like for everywhere, but the majority of when people are struggling, if they make, made a bad choice, walking down a really rough path, um, they that's like the last place they want to go. And the fact that they showed that of like this sick man in a wheelchair disrupting the service like didn't care what was going on he was just Mm -hmm. like pray for me like the desperation of being prayed for and having faith that he could get healed like you don't see that anymore and I thought man we especially living at the lake we have so many places that people go to to fix their downs to drown their sadness and depression 
to numb their feelings, to avoid feeling the feelings, you know, Mm -hmm. and church is not where they're going. And that that's where that's a great place to go. But as church, we're like, and I said this the other night, like we're doing church, but we're not being church. And so how can, how do we get that movement back where the doors are wide open, you know, no matter what someone's walking through. I think part of the way that that is done is what you're doing with the, you know, events that you're doing is you're taking it outside of the walls of the church and you're making it available because unfortunately church does have a stigma to it. And so Mm -hmm. taking it outside of the walls into the community and opening it up to everybody, you know, even though that might be uncomfortable for some of us, some, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, but that's, that's how you do it. In my opinion, Mm -hmm. I think that you're just taking those steps to make that happen. And that's a beautiful thing too. So, um, I didn't, I didn't mean to segue into that, to the (laughs) CS event, but, um, that's, I, that's just how you do it. You have to, you have to think outside the box. Yeah. And I just think all the friendships he probably lost, the church members he lost. And I'm sure he even felt at a lot of times, like, am I doing what's right? Like, is this okay? Or, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, he was really outside of his comfort zone for Mm -hmm. sure. Like you could see. Um, And I thought it was really cool to, um, it was really cool for me to have Collins there. And I'm sure you felt the same way about your kids. And um, I didn't really know, like during the movie, how much she was uh, retaining, but afterwards it was cool to kind of hear her perspective and um she was telling me that like a couple times it made her kind of emotional and so I was like wow you were like watching and paying Mm -hmm. attention and like yeah it was was doing something in her heart too which I I was really thankful for so I thought it was neat too just how Lonnie obviously it looks looks like Jesus but like yeah how (laughs) he met how he met um Greg like on the streets when he was like totally high and running and how Lonnie just said I'm just gonna sit with you Mm -hmm. and I thought that was such a beautiful thing we want to fix people we want to get them out of their sadness out of the journey the path Mm -hmm. that they're on because we see the negativity that it is affecting them and it's so easy to say like don't do this or stop this or do that but how simple it really is just to sit with someone, you know, and say, I'm just going to, I'm just going to sit with you while you're here. And I just thought that was so cool. It was like raining and he just stopped and just sat there, but also made a bold comment and just said, why are you like, what are you running from? Mm -hmm. So instead of like acting like nothing really is happening or avoiding the total elephant in the room, he addressed, I'm going to sit and be with you but also made the bold movement of like, what are you running from? Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. Cause sometimes we sit and we don't want to really like poke and like bring it up. Mm-hmm. So we're just like there for them, but really that could yeah. also not help them at the same mm-hmm. sense, you know, but then he wasn't also saying, what were you thinking? Why are you doing this? Do you not know you could have died? 
you know, there was no lecture. It was no like judgment, the comfort yeah. of like, yep, I'm here for you, but also like, dude, what are you doing? Kind of a thing. So yeah, there was so many good like moments in that. Um, and I loved how like I watched some interviews and he, Greg said a lot of times how God uses flawed people mm-hmm. and we get so caught up in putting people that are in leadership or have a certain image in your community or in the social platforms or wherever that they have to have it all together. And even if they do fall short and even if they do turn away from God for a season and make bad choices, God still used them and he hasn't necessarily let go of them. And I thought that was really cool how he just encouraged like God uses all of us, you know, exactly a clean story. And yeah, sometimes we do fall short and sometimes we do mess up and, um, but that's not the end of our story. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, you're making me think a lot. I mean, I'm for a lot of my, um, coursework right now, I'm like deep into Brene Brown and how she talks about like, um, you know, rumbling with our vulnerability and Mm -hmm. just being real and owning your story. And that's how you start to heal from it is by Mm -hmm. taking it out of the secrecy and the hidden places and sharing it with others when you're ready to do that. And Mm -hmm. I think that's very true in church also, because somebody else, and you said this the other night, like somebody else might be walking through what you've been through. Mm -hmm. And so, and God can use those those failures to help the next person along the way and often does. So yeah, we definitely um, uh, encourage everybody to go see that if they haven't, I don't know. I know like I was excited that it was in our theater, but I don't know how long it will be there. So I don't know either. And it was a packed house. I thought it was, was, it's been a long time since I've seen a packed theater and it was done really well. Yes. I think there was anything cheesy about it. I would no. say it was produced and filmed and everything very, very well. Yeah. Not your typical Christian faith-based film. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I thought that was cool. Yeah. Message us if you want us to go with you. Because Tiff and I both yeah. want to go back go to the back theater. and see it. That'd be so fun. Yeah. It was really so- good. You touched on something, and I don't know if I'm going to be, be able to say this, but I, so you said it, um, okay, when you were talking about when Lonnie was running through the rain, and mm-hmm. Greg met him there, and how he said, I'm just going to sit with you, and mm-hmm. I feel like God was kind of like, the other night at your event, um, you you were talking, or somebody was talking about how, um, like, we just need to be together, like, mm-hmm. you know, we need to be with one another in these groups and women, you know, connecting and, and you can talk a little bit about what she is in case, you know, people listening don't know what that is. But one thing that I've been learning so much the past year is um, how much that is hardwired into our biology, how God made us is to be in relationship and connection with other people. And I think you were talking about um, putting away the phones, putting away the devices Mm -hmm. and like connecting 
like human to human. And mm-hmm. um, in so many ways, Heidi, and like, the, you know, that was your platform and that was your night. But like in so many ways, I wish women could understand like that is where the healing begins. Like mm-hmm. if you're hurting, if you're lonely, if you're broken, like it's not on your device. It's not on social media. Mm-hmm. It's not in the next selfie. Like it's truly like one-to-one in relationship with other people and sharing your story mm-hmm. and sharing your, you know, um, struggles mm-hmm. and also laughing and being joyful and all of those things. But God made us that way. And that is being shown over and over and over again in like, like neuroscience and like the way that our brains work and how our bodies respond and what chemicals are sent. Like when we're with each other, that is when we are at our best. Mm-hmm. So I just like I thought of that as you were talking the other night and I was like oh my gosh like it all starts to come together for me in moments like that where I'm like it makes sense Mm -hmm. like what I'm learning in the counseling world makes sense in the real world because that's how God made us so yeah well and I think too I catch myself you know my day-to-day job is with people and I talk a lot and I'm social so all of that those areas of my life are met just within my work day. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy for me to not physically call a friend, you know, or to not plan a dinner or not hang out with people because I I had that social aspect and those conversations already through my day because it takes effort. Like it's easier to just text or to check a social media post to feel like you've connected with someone, but to actually call someone and have that conversation, it's, it's, it takes effort. And sometimes it's exhausting and sometimes you're tired. And sometimes even to have those conversations of how we're actually doing is work. And I Mm -hmm. think it's because we're so busy and we fill our schedules so full and our mind is just like, there's no space, you know? And so to do that is just another extra thing. And so I think that's part of another reason why we are distance from the relationship point of view, you know, with each other. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, some, maybe, maybe like people are just tapped out, like peopled out, but I think like creating a time and space to have meaningful Mm -hmm. connection with others is very important. Um, and that's, and that's something I see, uh, like in my daily work with teenagers, I see them struggling with, like they are way more comfortable and I don't want to bash phones because I think that is for some of them a very safe way to connect with people and say hard things and to, mm-hmm. you know, um, make friends like there's lots of ways they're using their phones but like um encouraging them to take the next step and to have human (laughs) interactions Mm -hmm. is really is really important and yeah so I loved that about the the um event the other night and I thought that was just uh a really cool point that you brought up so yeah, and I think it is. It's, and I think the cool thing, and I mentioned it the other night, was 
odd night. It was an odd time. It wasn't something that's consistent. So to, to intentionally choose to carve out that time to gather together and to put our phones down is huge. And I think when we make space like that, it's that much more impactful. And even just vulnerably going without knowing who's there or right. what's really going on, yeah, even opens up more space mm-hmm. for God to meet us in those moments. You know, totally. yeah. and I think even just hearing the feedback, like people are hungry for that. And just, you don't even have to share your story and there didn't have to be a lot of stories to be shared, mm-hmm. but there is something, like you said, like being gathered together makes you just feel complete. You know, like it was almost the point where I felt like for a little bit, I'm like, man, this could just go on for another two hours Yeah, because no one really wanted to leave the space. And there was just richness in that. And I think conversations and topics talked about that some people don't even entertain with their friendships. You know, they're just things that they've never really brought up or thought about right. because we just stay so busy. Yeah. Um, so hopefully those will keep happening and you will keep finding, um, you know, time and energy to do those because I think that's very, very needed. Um, and I also loved, um, I really enjoyed the smaller venue and the smaller group. I thought it was more intimate and meaningful and it just felt very rich in purpose. Not that Mm -hmm. like the larger events haven't been, but this, the smaller kind of gathering of, of women who were obviously super hungry for, you know, connection and, um, you know, wisdom and, and all of that. I, I got, I just, yeah, I was very touched by it and it just, it meant something special. It felt like, so I loved it. I think too, it was interesting because the high school night, I was obviously intimidated. And if anyone's listening, I've done the she event started with Tiffany years ago and I've kept it going and it's looked different a little bit each year. Last year it was, it, it grew to be a bigger event. And this year the Lord just asked me, asked me, told me, led me to just take myself off of the social media platform and still pursue this, but in a really basic down to earth, personal, special way. And I was actually intimidated with the high schoolers because they're high schoolers, right? They're like so cool and I'm getting older and they, their feedback was like, I wish we had more time to talk about these topics. I wish we could have stayed in this space longer. I wish we could have broke up into groups. And it was interesting because they were so hungry for more. Yeah. And that was really cool. And then the younger girls, uh, I think they were like, that's not as fun as last year. So oh, they liked the big party. I did. I, you know, they sat really well. No one felt, yeah. no one looked distracted. Their attention span was great. But I think at that age, like fifth through eighth grade, yeah, even below fifth, like they need fun and then like a message thrown in there kind of a thing, yeah. you know? I can but see that. I didn't honestly know what to expect with the adult group because it was not on social media. And I got lots of different, like, 
I'm coming. I can't come all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And to look around to think there was like as young as 19 year olds, all the way up to what, like 65, I would say like the range of age was so big, Mm -hmm. but so beautiful at the same time, because there's girls that were walking into a season that other people have already walked through, you know, like, I just love the generation span that was there. And I thought what was so crazy, Tiff, is the people that were there, I don't think a lot of them were even at my other she events. So the way that they came was from word of mouth. But it's interesting on how not being on social media, presenting it differently, gathered a different group of people. Very, yeah. that's an- And that was really interesting. And I, I... I was really nervous and I'm like, I don't, I am not qualified to lead this event. Paige wasn't there. No one there was to like bring this smart word, but the Holy Spirit just completely led me through the night. And just to see eagerness of people that were just desperate to belong, to be a part of something and showed up even when they didn't really know what it was, was a really cool thing. And there was nothing besides an invite. You know, it wasn't like hyped up. It wasn't marketed, talked about. It was just, right. um, yeah, I just thought it was really cool. And I think a lot of people were challenged with the challenge of being still mm-hmm. and just being present with the Holy Spirit and just showing up, carving out that time and giving that space in your day, you know, and we talked a little bit about Mary and Martha and I thought that was, that was pretty convicting for me as well. Yeah, I I loved it. I mean, it really is an example of, you know, God, God can use a big, well-marketed, you know, amazing venue event, or he can use, you know, word of mouth, a willing leader, (laughs) you know, he, he can, he can use whatever, and he will use whatever in order mm-hmm. to to love, you know, his people and to spread the word. And that's yeah. that's really just I think what you've you've kind of taught us all in in these past years that you've been doing this. So I think too doing the big event, the risk is money, you know, it's really fun for me to throw a party mm-hmm. and all that stuff is like easy, but as silly as it sounds, like I said the other night, getting rid of all the busyness and the loud of the event and the party and the hype and going to like bare bones is actually so hard for me. Mm. And it's a weird thing to even like wrap my mind around, but it is like to keep it so raw, basic and real is really challenging. And even to not have a crutch of someone else, like I could have said, okay, Tiff, you and I are both going to talk the whole night or Mm -hmm. Paige is coming. But the fact that the Lord just put this on my heart and I did it Mm -hmm. out of obedience, but also feeling so unqualified and incapable. But that's when I'm like, man, God, I need you. Like in order for this to go, I need you. So in order for me to see God work and to grow and to not be the same as I was before and to step into zones that are really scary, intimidating and challenging. Like that's how God intervenes and uses us, you know? So as weird as it sounds, but the only struggle is, is to make sure that 
the overhead cost gets paid for by ticket sales. Mm -hmm. And that that's a basic equation. That's not asking God to move or to step in or intervene. And I thought, I just thought that was really cool just to see him work on that, you know? Yeah. I loved it. So, loved it. um, what, what lesson do you think that you're learning the most through all of this? Is it that? I think just it's that? what, I think it's obedience. Okay. Walking in obedience and sitting in, in the sense of when he says, don't do anything just to sit in obedience. And it's hard in a society of like hustle to do this and to, to do the to to do list and to see people see it flourish, you know, like, um, yeah, even social media just to be like, Nope, I don't need to be on it. It's really hard. Cause some people are like, Oh, I thought you're not on it for work. Cause you're not taking any more clients or I didn't know you were doing she still because you're not on it. Mm-hmm. And just sitting in that obedience, even when it really doesn't make sense. But the only way I know I'm walking obedience is because I'm carving in that time to be with Jesus. And he's making it really clear that this is the space that I'm at right now. And until I feel led to step out of it, to stay in it. But if I kept myself busy, I don't think I would be as, it wouldn't be as clear to me what that looks like. Yeah, that's really well because said. We kind of, because we kind of want answers. We want a change. We want um, like, okay, now this is what I'm going to do with the she event. But mm-hmm. I know there is something, but I don't know what that is. And I'm okay with sitting obedience of saying, okay, I'm just going to wait until that time comes and not wait, do nothing, but like wait and lean in and, um, yeah, expectantly wait. Yes. But it's hard when there is no answers. Yes. But I know he's there. So I would say that, but what about you? What, what are you learning right now? Right now? Well, let me just say first, like whenever, um, there's a little piece of me, and I might get a little emotional talking about this, mm-hmm. but like, um, like watching you kind of like go deeper with God and in, in your quiet time and in this, um, just this, the space that you're setting aside for him, like it brings me back to such a place of like when I was so, so broken and so, Mm -hmm. so like vulnerable with him. Mm -hmm. And like, I know what you're talking about. Like when you're saying like my time with him is so special because like when you feel him in those moments, Mm -hmm. like that is, that is like nothing else. You crave it. it, Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think back to, um, you know, when I, it was, truly when Jason died, when I lost my husband, like I just was all I wanted to do was just spend time with God because I was Mm -hmm. so broken and I had like nothing, like there was no fix. Like it Mm -hmm. was, here's my broken heart. Help me. Like, and that Mm -hmm. was just my prayer daily. Help me. And I remember, yes, just spending like, so much time alone with him. And like, eventually it wasn't, you know, um, just the sadness and this overwhelming grief. It it started to become, wow, this is 
the best time of my day. Like Mm -hmm. I, I need to have this time with him because it makes me feel like his presence and I want that. And so like, I can so relate to that. And I, I think it's just so cool that you you're sharing that so openly for me, it was a very private journey, but like to watch you share it and like explain it. Like, I'm like, I, I get that. Like I, Mm -hmm. I connect with that because I think anybody who's walked that road is like, yeah, those are the moments that you, you want you for sure. So, Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, like right now I'm, I'm learning (laughs) (laughs) that I get myself in these situations. (laughs) and I'm I'm like oh I can do that yeah I can do that and then I'm in the middle of it and I'm like oh my gosh what was I thinking Mm -hmm. (laughs) like but just continually turning to him and trusting that there's a plan and a purpose and there's light like I said earlier at the end of the tunnel and he will see me through it and yeah um that's that's kind of where I'm at. I'm in the middle of a mess right now with all of these classes and a job and I'm a mom and there's a lot of, you know, balls in the air, but mm-hmm. it's okay. I've been through harder. I keep telling myself that. Like I've been through harder than this. I can do this. So Yeah, I think you're in it's just a really busy season too. And yeah. you left a job that you could control your hours. And yeah. so I think yeah, even if you weren't taking classes, just stepping back into like a clock in, clock out job is a total shift. Yeah, for sure. For your whole day. I mean, just how you did life, you know. So, but I'm yeah, proud and- of you and I'm excited and I love that you just keep stepping like one other big step. Like even when it's hard, you're just, this is your goal, your thoughts. And I love also in those seasons, you're so good at keeping all of your priorities straight. Like I love that. I think. Uh, the confidence of, and I think too, I, I think when you're in a, like you're in a really good space where you have close friends and you invest in them and you do a really good job with it, but you're also, your friend circle is so good where if you're like, Hey, I can't do this or I have to cancel or I can't talk tonight. Cause I have this and that, like, it's really respectful because you're keeping your priorities straight. But the cool thing is I'm sure I'm speaking for a lot of your friends. I I'm sure they'll agree, but you have a good core group of friends that understand that, you know, where you have the freedom to say, can't do it tonight. Sorry, because this is the season you're in and yeah. you keep your family first. And I think that's awesome because that's, we could get, we could feel tugged at times, you know, and torn. Oh and, yeah. And you do a really good job at always keeping that space for your family and your priorities. So I think that's awesome. Well, yeah, I definitely, um, I, I try, I'm not, I'm not doing it perfectly, but I am doing it. So. I think you're doing so it there very we go. well. I think you're doing it very well. So, okay. So all, right. all of that. It's late. It is. Yeah. We're lame, but it's almost 10, almost 10. Okay. So what are we going to talk about next week? I, I think we're going to figure it out, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. We'll figure it out. And I will end this call and I'll send you a cute little graphic from our weekend. And okay, then you great. Can, you can do the post online. All right. Okay. Awesome. okay. Sounds good. 
Love ya. Love ya. Bye. Bye.